0: Welcome to the Thought Hackers, the show where you will learn how your mind works and discover how to change your thinking from leading experts and through inspiring stories.
1: Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to another episode of the Thought Hackers. Uh, With me is Hamish over in Melbourne, Australia, and myself, I'm coming to you from just north of Puerto Vallarta in Mexico. So... Today, what we want to talk about, a couple of topics and we're going to be going back and forth on it, but the, there are two questions that we're going to address here is, what is trauma and how does it affect us? Actually, there's two questions in one. Mm-hmm. And then the second question is, how does it happen? So I have my own experiences to do with trauma, like certainly, like how does it affect us? That, that one I know quite, uh, quite well, but in terms of what trauma is. And how, how does it happen? Well, I defer to Hamish here. So, Hamish?
0: I mean, looking at, looking at what trauma is, um, I think we need to look at two uh, specific areas of... Um, sp- firstly, what trauma, uh, the traumatic events are, um, and identifying them. And they're sort of... Um, more specifically, the, the the specific events like accidents, like you know, a car accident or a plane crash or natural disasters like earthquakes and tidal waves or stuff like that, and then your personal violence, your um, robberies and homicides. Uh, surgery is a big thing that causes a lot of trauma. An event that causes trauma, and then then really looking at the you know the big one that gets mentioned a lot is the is the uh, military combat and. You know, being in the war zones and um, you know, these guys on t- tours of duty that you know see the car get the 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 Humvee get Humvee get blown up a couple of cars ahead and their mates all killed and whatever and you know all these guys coming back from from active duty and it's, um, you know, we we hear about that a lot that the vets are you know PTSD and depression and everything is such a huge thing but you know as we know it's such you know it's only a small area of it that's um, but it's such a big focus area now the other the other area um, that sort of causes a lot of these uh, the PTSD and everything is the the area of abuse um, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of childhood abuse that goes on and you know, certainly a lot of clients that I've been working with um, have have really been impacted by that in very young years in their life and uh, You know, child child abuse, sexual abuse that goes on for years and years. There's childhood neglect, there's um, sexual abuse in relationships, there's psychological abuse, there's uh, financial abuse, there's emotional abuse, there's the domestic violence, and the list can go on and on. But the area of abuse, um, sort of in that trauma context, is is enormous. And I'd say probably one of the biggest ones, it's... um, you know just in just in Australia alone, I think the stats are sort of um, you know, one in every six women and one in one in twenty men have experienced abuse or violence from um, relationships whether that's a current relationship partner or a former partner um, the numbers are huge and these things you know when these things happen when the when that trauma or or, or the abuse uh, strikes and uh, you know, it can be a build-up of things, like it can be that child uh, experiencing years of, of, um, of abuse, whether it's sexual abuse or just um, you know, violent parents or relationships that are um, abusive and traumatic. And, you know, a lot of people talk of, you know, being in narcissistic relationships and the things just sort of build up over time. But equally there's the, um, you know, like a car accident or a plane crash or something like that, that it's, it hits um so quickly
1: yes yep yeah. no and just a couple of things that uh to do with what you mentioned like the and i heard that i forget who i heard this from but it was someone to do with the whole ptsd thing and the statement about it was that a lot of these soldiers who have ptsd actually had it before they went to war absolutely not as a result of uh So, from my understanding, based on what I was told, is that this stuff is layered on top of Mm. uh, a pre-existing condition. Mm. And the the second thing, uh, from my own experience, at least, with trauma, is that... I was operating on a chronic trauma level, chronic pain level for many, many, many years. And then at one point something happened where there were all these triggers. In my life, there were three at the time. And what happened is I went from chronic to like three alarm fire to such an intensity that I could no longer deal with it. And, And I would think we're seeing this with many people who are dealing with trauma not just the soldiers but people mm. in domestic violence situations where they have been able to function for a period of time not well obviously but function and then all of a sudden something happens some sort of trigger and boom yeah and i remember what mine was and where, there were three at the time and they just sent me over the edge i just couldn't deal with it anymore yeah so
0: yeah i mean when you look at a child being being abused it's um, you know they're, they're, they're going to go into some sort of safe mode but um and and this is you know when we when we hit these traumatic events or the the abuse sort of builds up um our natural instinct our um unconscious mind just wants to keep us safe and it's going to do whatever it can to do that but you know you look at a little child it's a bit hard to Um, sort of fight back and to run so internally they might just freeze and shut down and yeah that'll that'll come back years later when when similar things and certainly it might not be abuse but there's you know all these external triggers that just bring that stuff on straight away and the shutdown and the freezing and the panic all sort of really sets in very quickly again but what happens you know when we're in this in this safe mode, and our unconscious like I said will do whatever it can to keep us safe when these when these events happen, we go into into that sort of fight or flight mode where where we we really ramp up the the fear and the panic because that's what the you know the unconscious to keep us safe is going to is going to make us very fearful and it's going to make us run it's going to make us fight back it's going to do whatever it can to keep us safe in that in that instance now when when some of the you know when the event subsides when it goes away you know, many people will just self adjust and re- return- to that and i'm just going to throw it out there that normal um that normal state again where the 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 fear mm-hmm. and the panic has all dropped away and doesn't need to be there anymore but for so many people uh getting into that fight or flight state and and really you know that that fear or panic gets to a really extreme level they get stuck there and that's what this PTSD is it's um it's being living in that fear and panic that fight or flight mode and you're constantly there so once you're up there and you you start living it and you can't get back down and readjust to that that normal state all of a sudden you're starting to build this reality in that fear or panic state and you're just locked into that so you know, to come out of that, um, you know, consciously we're looking at th- looking at things around you, saying, well, "You know, everyone's normal. This is the normal thing to do. This is," you know, "how." Ha- but consciously we can't fight and um, you know, try to turn around the unconscious thinking. We can't do it consciously, so we're looking at all these events, and the unconscious is just going, "No, fear, fear, fear." We've got to. You know, it's um everything we're looking at because we're stuck in that in that level of fight or flight is. We've right just got to protect ourselves from everything that's around us, and the conscious mind's just going insane what's and this is where we become you know am I going crazy and to other people around us, um, you know just simple things in everyday life where panic sets in and anxiety and depression, all this stuff, you know people who have not are not living in that state will look at you and go well, you're crazy
1: and and it certainly seems that way and if if they don't have the understanding, it's easy for you to assume that the person who is going through this is is nuts. I mean, I certainly had that mm. that myself, yep, and of course, the inevitable statement, well, you just need to get over it and and of course the the immediate answer or yeah. sorry, the immediate question is how mm. oh well, you do this, do that, and, and it, unfortunately, none of those things work yeah, stop thinking about you know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, it's like. Like the old expression, don't think of a pink elephant and what happens, right? <laughs> um, so there, there is that, and there, there's the getting stuck in the thinking process. And then as we spoke about in the first episode, you know how this show came to be was yours truly meeting Hamish and then going through all these things for for bullying, what I, I was uh, going through. I, that's what I called it. That's what I thought it was. And then later, we discovered this uh, um, acronym, I guess, PTSD. And then Hamer's saying, oh, did you suffer from, or do you suffer from PTSD? And I'm going, not anymore. But, you know, at the time, we didn't have a label for it. I I just called it bullying because that, to me, is what it was. Mm. Later, we discovered this whole PTSD thing and kind of lumped everything under that because it felt like the most appropriate thing to do because the PTSD label pretty much explained what was going on with me and I thought okay this sounds good let's use it. Yep. And that's that's where we discovered it and started using it but um and mm. then of course the the whole thing of well with trauma it comes from so many different directions. Yep. And and PTSD and, uh,
0: doesn't have to be, you know, at that level of what, it, it doesn't have to be that, um, that label also. I mean, you can just be really heavily depressed from the trauma or really absolutely. in that anxiety yeah. state. It's, um,
1: yeah, and one of the things that you and I, like, we've, we've had this discussion on in uh, other broadcasts that we were doing, but looking back at it, Looking back at where it came from, which is kind of weird in a way, because it it almost feels like it happened to somebody else. That's how completely gone it is. But when I look back on it, when I look back at this thing called bullying and trauma and all this stuff, I've described it. It's like a little black seed. And that little black seed is a trauma. And then when it gets embedded in you as a result of whatever happens, it sprouts. Of my sprouts, it sprouts in these zillions of all these different branches and leaves mm. and whatever uh, whatever else. And those branches and leaves are all the effects yep. that come from the root cause, which is a seed. And a lot of people get totally lost in the effects yep. and think, oh, i got to deal with this and this and this and this. But those effects, another way of looking at it is like the hydra, the mythological hydra. And if you cut off another head, another one grows back. Yeah. Same with this stuff. Yeah. And so the only real way to deal with it is as with the hydra, getting a bloody big sword and cutting off all the heads at once or right at the root, which severs the whole thing, and that's what needs to be done in order for this stuff to mm. stop.
0: Mm. And the longer it goes, that, you know, that... that that seed becomes a very big tree and it's, you know, those branches, yep. there's more and more of them and it's, um, you know, there's the reality that's been created and it's so believable because it's it's all there is. It's all, you know, the unconscious is really focused on that and the conscious is sort of seeing all these things happen and all these results happen. So, you know, obviously, you know, all this stuff is what I'm believing to be true is... is true. Uh, it's True. <laughs> Um. yeah
1: it, well it's, it's reminiscent of a, of a statement that I remember encountering in uh, cult groups years ago and circular logic yeah like uh, like there was this group called the love Israel family and the leader of the group was called love Israel. And this an example of circular logic was, God is love, love is God. That's what they did in that particular group. Another one to do with the Moonies, if I remember correctly, was a statement, truth is truth. Well, how do you argue with that? You can't. It's a, it's a locked-in logic thing, and you can't break it. And the only way to deal with it is to step out of it completely. Mm. And like what we were saying in, in different shows, well, different shows, well... First one a little bit and this one, but the thing to do with this whole thing with the the trauma it, uh, and, and this is my belief personally, but the reason that So many of these therapies these approaches are not effective is because they're addressing everything at the level of the conscious mind mm-hmm. Talk therapy and so on. Yep And what I've realized for myself and what I can see is that the traumas are held at the level of the unconscious mind so if we want to release these problems or change them or transform them or whatever it is we want to do we need to be able to speak to the unconscious mind in its language mm. and if we do that incredible change can happen quickly yeah. and that's one of the major things that we've been talking about in the the original uh, broadcast mm. was these Things that uh, Hamish taught me and that we went through, and that like timeline was especially that is going on a hypnotic journey, uh, uh, pioneered by Ericksonian uh, sorry, Milton Erickson, if I have that correct. And just uh, but it's a hypnotic journey, it's something entirely different. It takes you into the, the unconscious where you can work with the symbols and you work with that kind of language which is tends to be very simple black and white even perhaps mm-hmm. and working with it at that level and once you know how to navigate those realms yeah. which in my opinion are are also represented by archetypes or could be And once you know what those are then you know how to navigate that terrain and if you're dealing with someone who's got severe trauma you can Uh, create massive powerful change lasting change very quickly an
0: important thing that you said before too that um you know even with with some of these soldiers and that it's it's not the events that we consciously think of that we're aware of that are the real driving force behind the, the the problems and the the emotions it's Like I couldn't tell you, I haven't had I I, I couldn't tell you one client that I've worked with who who has said to me, "This is this is the trauma that happened. It was this event in my life. It was this specific thing I keep looking at, and I don't know I I don't know why I'm still so attached to it and the 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 drama from it. And I was such a victim at that point in my life. But going working with them as, as a client, taking them back on that hypnotic journey, it's always something before that event there's always yeah. something that there's something that's happened earlier on in life and it's you know quite often as a child um that has actually started this whole thing, this whole sequence happening um yeah agreed agreed, and, agreed. You know, my own experience in, coming out of the timeline it's like wow you know, i never yeah. I never even thought of that well no you can't you consciously you're not aware of it it's it's so locked into the program and in the unconscious um, and the emotions attached to it you, your conscious thinking just has no um, relationship to it but you've you can certainly see an event that's happened at some stage in your life that you think this is it this is the one but no it's not
1: yeah it, it's funny how we tend to fixate on something and think oh this is root of it this is my problem and if i can only deal with this In my own experience too i, I agree with you because what continually happened in many sessions is I would go back to, uh, there would be timeline or whatever else, and in many cases, I would wind up going back to the age of five, mm-hmm. which is when a lot of these things seem to have happened. Mind you, the second timeline that we did was to an event uh, to do with my late father when I was 23 years old at the time, and that was the moment. And so we never really know. We We think we know, perhaps, or yeah. we have an idea, and... And that's where we get fixated. But as you said, it could easily be something else which came later or mm. prior. And as you've said, usually prior. Yeah. And this
0: is where you know some of the talk therapy, the psychotherapy, is good stuff sometimes. But yep. when we're just consciously picking up this this one event and go into therapy and start talking about that event, um, nothing's getting done because it's not the right one.
1: Yeah. The changes aren't getting
0: made at that unconscious level. That root cause isn't getting really worked on and and detached.
1: Yeah, because quite often the the root cause is hidden. It's like, for for those of you who are listening to this, uh, one of the specific problems that I had because of trauma is my mind would frequently go into overload. And when it went into overload, it would create amnesia. And then when amnesia happened, I couldn't remember what happened. And the first major memory that I have of amnesia in my life was when I was, I think, 21 or 22 years old. I'd had a highly traumatic thing that happened to me when I was 10 years old in a public school. And overwhelming trauma, overwhelming stuff for my mind, and my mind couldn't handle it. It had to do with being in a classroom, being, being humiliated by my classmates. And what happened was, at the time, I was reading my sister's grade 10 textbooks and I was understanding everything I read and I prepared to report on amoebas, presented it to my class. They called me a liar and a fool and my teacher didn't do anything about it. And it put me into overload and stupid, all of that, and it put me into overload and I wound up with amnesia and I wound up failing my way through school after that. I was an advanced student at that time but I became stupid and I became dumb and I became everything they said I was. Mm -hmm. And then at the age of 21, I think it was, I'm in the locker room at this technical school and I was thinking about some of the really complex assignments that we were doing and I was doing all this stuff and doing fairly well with some of it. And I remember standing in the locker room and I... And thinking about that, and I posed the question in my mind, where did I ever get the idea that I'm stupid? And then, the amnesia suddenly faded, and the full memories came back, uh, eleven years later I remembered everything, with the humiliation, the heartache, the pain, the suffering, all of that, and it lasted for a few seconds, it went away, and then In that particular school, my marks, in some of the courses at least, went up quite a bit. And things became much, much easier. But, you know, and so in terms of trauma, you know, how does it happen or why does it happen? Well, I don't know if anybody actually knows why. Uh, we, We have incidences of how it happens. But in this particular case, the only thing I know, and I'm not even sure that I know, is that my mind simply couldn't handle what was going on and it went into overload and it created amnesia as a way to protect me, but in many ways it made everything way worse because I'd wind up with these all these major problems and I couldn't remember. Yep. Like there was another time where I was in a session with a counselor and I spoke about a traumatic incident that happened to me uh, you know, with one of my relatives. And... And it was really hard for me to talk about it. Well, when I left the session, by the time I got to the street, I couldn't remember who I was. Mm. I didn't know my name. I didn't know where I was. I had no idea what city I was in. I was totally lost. And somehow I managed to remember that I was driving a van. And I managed to remember how to get home. But I was in an absolute mess for the rest of the day. Mm. And that was the amnesia. Thank God it only lasted for a day. In that case, I remember the counselor saying to me, "Well, if that ever happens again, come back and, and uh, you know we'll talk about it." And I remember thinking how unbelievably stupid it was, because if I walked out and I suddenly had this amnesia attack, how would I even know to walk back? <laughs> I know it's, it's, it sounds it sounds really silly or stupid, and and it was in a way. And but the counselor, you know, he was. It wasn't yep. his fault that I was having those reactions. Yeah. But for those of you listening and and you're wondering about trauma and how it affects us, well, for me, a lot of the amnesia stuff, I think I'm pretty much over it now. Mm-hmm. haven't had any problems with it in a long time. And also now, I know that if a trauma happens or something difficult, painful happens, I know how to deal with it, so I don't go into that overwhelm. Yep. So it doesn't trigger the amnesia anymore.
0: Yep. And the thing is, you yeah. know, staying stuck at that level of the that fight or flight and um, everything that's there. Absolutely. I mean, the the emotions and the programs that it get created and attached at the, that level are the stuff that's driving. You know, all this—it's it, just um, the constant circle of um, of that of that panic and everything it's, um
1: yeah. You know, every
0: yeah. every part of life is just fear. Every um yes. every waking moment is you've been driven by your unconscious just saying, Hey, look, we've just got to protect ourselves because we're up at this level the whole time. So, you know, let's stay in that we are got to fight everything, we're gonna you know, let's it's just panic about everything. It's um, you know sleep becomes disturbed. You have nightmares, and you know the unconscious is still s- sort of going at nighttime and bringing out all these this reality and these beliefs and everything that's true. So bang, you're waking up with these um, you know some of the stories of the uh, the night terrors and well, that's sort yeah. of stuff is incredible.
1: Yeah, there's there's something else too. Like there was something that happened to me years ago. And it was, it was this kind of an odd story for those of you listening, but it, it's worth talking about because a, a lot of people believe that this trauma, these problems, these things are unique to them, and that's and it's just one of the tricks of the mind to do with this. Mm. Especially if people become isolated. Yeah. But the the story I have to tell is something to do with a show that I did, an art show which was on child abuse and I wound up doing all these paintings and artwork and everything else and then I wound up uh, doing the show in my home city of Victoria, put out a ton of press releases and at one point the local cable station called me and said, oh, we want to see the show and I said, too late, it's over, you missed it. And I going, well, we want to interview you so they sent over a cameraman and an interviewer and 3 hours later we were done and I was like ready to fall on my face. Hmm. But they took they took that interview, conden- condensed it into a short snippet, put it on Shaw the Daily, uh, that's what it was called at the time, and it ran 24 hours a day, multiple times a day for a solid month. And what started happening though, which was strange, but I finally realized why is I started getting phone calls from the Native Indian community in Canada. And the the common question was, how is it that you know our story so well? And I'm going, I don't know your story. What do you mean I know your story? This thing that I did was about my life Mm -hmm. and what I experienced. But what had happened, I finally realized what had happened with the show and all these things. I somehow tapped into the universal unconscious." and I painted archetypes and the native community thought it was about them, but it wasn't. It was just, they they were seeing themselves in this and really wondering about it. And at one time I wound up being invited to do an art show inside of William Head Prison. And so there were all these inmates, many of them were these native Indians. And the big concern is like, how are they going to react? As it turned out, they reacted well, very well, actually. And I was almost offered a job to teach art in the prison. Uh, It was just an amazing experience, actually. And for me, it was great. And I don't know about the aftermath. But the thing about the archetypes is that, okay, so there's a Native community. There was my own experience. But the archetypes, archetypes are universal. Yep. Archetypes affect every single culture. And if you really want to get a handle on some of that, I recommend looking up the book, um, what's it called? Um, oh, geez. Uh, the Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell, who is considered the greatest mythologist of the 20th century. And he, what he did is discovered that in all cultures that there is a common thread of myth and that it happens the same all over the world and there's no no real difference except the fact that the the storyline, the characters change. And apparently George Lucas used that book to create Star Wars. Oh, okay. So is it really interesting stuff. And for those of you listening, if you want to read more about archetypes and different things to do with uh, the unconscious and certain other things, I recommend uh, checking out some of the books of James Hollis. And James Hollis was a Jungian analyst. And one of the things that he wrote, there was a book, uh, one of my favorite books of the time is called Under Saturn's Shadow, The Wounding and Healing of Men. And in that book, among other things, he talked about men being wounded in life. And he was saying, and he threw out a statistic, I don't know if it's true, which was of a thousand men who wind up in psychological pain, only one of them will go for help. Yep. It's a pretty sad statistic, but and where he got it, I don't know. And I, I don't know if it's true, but it, it does underscore what seems to be going on in society. So mm. many people wind up in pain; they've been affected by trauma, and they don't go for help, or they try to they try to manage it. You know, as men we were taught, you're not supposed to cry. Boys, boys don't cry, and, and we're being told that we should act a certain way and if we repress that based on what we've been told instead of letting ourselves live according to our natural nature well major problems can show up mm. in all areas of life so yep
0: <clears throat> we can't be saying to be weak
1: so. nope it's um, uh, to our detriment
0: mm. so yeah yeah, so you know the, the cycle just keeps going on and on it's um, and, and, and as you know, it can go for decades
1: Yeah, and then if you're fortunate to run into someone like you Hamish <laughs> or someone else depending it, it really depends I mean there were different things that helped me along the way So in in this conversation, we've been talking about these various forms of trauma What is trauma? How does it affect us? How does it happen and we've covered a whole bunch of different things in in this particular podcast many things for you to think about and look at and resources that that could be useful to you and so, so in this show the 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 thought hackers it's all about working with thought in various ways introducing you to NLP techniques and introducing you to different various spiritual techniques and giving you access to tools that can help you deal with issues to do with your mind, things that may seem like they're permanent or things that may be really difficult. And we're going to be addressing all of those tools, well maybe not all of them, They're, they're endless tools. We're going to be constantly introducing you to tools from our own experience and we're also going to be interviewing people who've gone through different forms of trauma, various um, major issues, and have overcome them and come out the other side stronger, more resilient, and flexible. And Do you have anything you'd like to add to that, Hamish?
0: No, no. It's, um, I, I, I like the way you say those sorts of things. <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I guess that's it for now. So for yeah. those of you who uh, are here... Uh, My name is Nathan Siegel. This is Hamish Baston on the other end. This is the Thought Hackers, and we'll see you next time. You've
0: been listening to the Thought Hackers. Make sure you subscribe and get each new episode emailed straight to you so you don't miss a show. And have a look at our resources page where you will find programs, audios, and books that will create change in your
1: thoughts.